0: Hello, hello, love, and welcome back to another episode of Living Wild, the podcast. I'm your host, Lo, and I am so excited to be back here with you today. Although I will say, being completely honest and transparent, recording this podcast feels like a bit of a struggle. <laughs> uh, I'll unpack that a little bit more in the episode. But essentially, I was sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, I need a podcast episode to share tomorrow. Tomorrow's Wednesday. My episodes always go out on Wednesday. What am I going to say? I don't know what to say. And a little voice, a little intuitive hit came through to turn that very topic into a podcast episode. So the idea of not knowing what to say, what we internalize that and make it mean and how we can instead find comfort in it and just allow it to be. So that's where we're headed today. I will say, not only am I feeling this like physically in my body, uh, it's also showing up in my throat chakra. Uh, As I speak, I literally feel The resistance in my throat. Like, so this is how deeply ingrained this need to slow down is in the physical feminine psyche, body, physical body, energetic body, emotional body. Like it is so deeply ingrained in who we are as women, uh, that even my throat is like, nope, not today. So if I have to cough, just understand that's what's happening. So let's dive in. I wrote out some notes. I'm going to read those notes. Once I'm through them, I'm going to wrap up and that'll be that. (laughs) And I hope you walk away uh, feeling a little more reassured in yourself and your body in your own ebbs and flows, and not only reassured in that, but confident in honoring it for yourself in your own life. So let's dive into normalizing the barren seasons. Today, I have nothing that I want to say. No extraordinary insights are coming through. No groundbreaking ahas begging to be shared. I'm not necessarily feeling uninspired. I'm just feeling quiet. And as I look to my moon chart, I see why. Today is day 23 of my current cycle. The second half of my luteal phase and roughly five days out from my bleed. Of course, I don't want to talk. <laughs> of course, I'm called to stillness and solitude. Of course. This is the way of the feminine, excuse me, her natural ebbs and flows, the peaks and valleys that our culture has systematically conditioned out of us, because despite the awareness of all of this, I still feel the pressure to push through, to just show up and do the thing anyway, which I obviously am, but now it's not in resentment of these feelings, but rather in deep service to them as they're mirrored back to me, in you. For this is the beginning of this cycle's barren season. Although barren is a bit of a misnomer because this part of our cycle actually has the potential to be one of our most fertile windows in terms of divine receptivity and psychic revelations, if we choose to honor it. But so many of us don't because it doesn't feel safe to. We've been taught that our inaction or even simply our desire for it is lazy, slovenly, flaky, reckless, when in reality, it's one of our greatest superpowers. So let's unpack these barren seasons, shall we? (laughs) I am in what is known as the luteal phase. Now your menstrual cycle is broken down into four distinct phases. You have your menstrual phase, which is your actual bleed. After your bleed is over, you enter into your follicular phase. Your follicular phase actually starts on the first day of your period. So technically there's some overlap there, but just for simplicity's sake, we'll say you have your menstrual phase, then you have your follicular phase, and then you have your ovulatory phase, which is the only part of your cycle when you can become pregnant. And then after ovulation, you move into luteal, which is where I am. And we're just going to talk about luteal and then a little bit of the menstrual. Today, as these tend to be the quote unquote, barren seasons of our cycle. Now your luteal phase, if you're not familiar with your menstrual cycle, your luteal phase is roughly 10 to 11, maybe 12 days long, depending on the length of your total cycle. Uh, it's day 17 through 28, roughly. Um, your ovulatory phase is typically days 12 through 16. So your the day that you ovulate ideally is the 14th day, right, the midpoint of your cycle, if you have a 28-day cycle. And then uh, just for safety's sake, uh, I typically count that day as obviously the day that I ovulate, and then the two days before that, and the two days after that, making ovulation a five-day window. Uh, and then as soon as that window's over, that's when we move into the luteal phase and the luteal phase continues until you start your next bleed. So it's the longest part of your cycle and it can effectively be broken down into two parts, the first half, and then the second half. And, uh, while there are hormonal shifts and fluctuations that impact, uh, your luteal phase, Uh, what I typically, the way I I tend to discuss this is in terms of how you're going to feel. So the first half of your luteal phase is going to feel more like ovulation. Your energy levels are still pretty high coming off of ovulation. Your hormone levels are still pretty high. And then as you make your way through your, your luteal phase, the second half is going to kind of mirror more closely to your menstrual phase, right? Where your energy begins to wane and fade and, um, you know, in preparation for your bleed. And I like to, when I'm discussing our menstrual cycle, I like to compare it to everything that's around us, like the natural world around us. So your luteal phase is mirrored back to you in the autumn season or the harvest season. Speaking specifically in terms of the Northern hemisphere here, that's where I live. So it's mirrored back to us in autumn or the harvest season, right? And like I said, the first half of your luteal phase. So normally for me, it's like day 17 through about days 23. Day 24 is typically when I begin to see a real shift in my energy levels. Um, this month, it happens to be day 23. Um, but normally around days 23 and 24 is when I notice that shift, Right. So days, uh, 17 through days, 22 or 23, it's going to more closely resemble your ovulatory phase, which is our internal summer, right? So there's still lots of activity, um, in terms of the actual season autumn, there's still lots of activity during this part of the year, um, with harvesting the season's fruit, right? Um, so if we're going to actually take this to the calendar year, Uh, then this is when we celebrate Maybon, which is September 21st this year, I believe. Either way, it's the autumn equinox. So um, speaking in terms of the natural world, the autumn equinox happens during the quote-unquote luteal phase, as well as Samhain, which is Halloween, October 31st, right? So just think in your mind, basically from... So... (laughs) I kind of like do my calendar a little bit different because to me, August 1st is the unofficial official start to autumn. Um, After autumn, after August 1st, which is Lamas or Lunasa, um, it like all bets are off. Uh, The Halloween decorations go up. The autumn decorations go up. The pumpkin spice comes out. Like it is autumn as of August 1st, like summer is over. (laughs) Even though technically we still have a month and a half left of, 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 um, summer. Right. Uh, but so in my mind, like that's really when it all begins for me. That's when autumn begins. And then I just have this extended autumn. Um, but if we want to be like more precise, then, uh, <laughs> excuse me, uh, Maybon. So the autumn equinox and Samhain are the representations of this first half of this luteal phase, right? And then the second half of the luteal phase, which is where I am today, begins a shift and a focus that becomes more inward. And I don't know about you, but everything after Halloween for me always feels a bit like an extension of winter. Uh, Like normally I put away all of the autumn decorations after Halloween and immediately take out all of the Yule and Christmas decorations. So uh, it just, it feels very like, again, like an extension of winter uh, by now at this point in the year, the harvest is done. And there are only a few kind of lingering celebrations before the world gets quiet. Right. And, uh, so, so that's kind of how this season in our life is mirrored back to us. So, you know, just, I, I love to think, when I'm moving through these, these different phases and seasons monthly, uh, I like to think about how I show up for my life during that part of the year. Right. And I, I allow that to help me inform how I show up for that part of my cycle. Uh, and it helps me find some peace because it's like, okay, externally right now it is June 20th and the world is vibrant and, you know, flourishing and all of these things, but internally, like my insides feel like Samhain, like Halloween right? Like things are slowing down. Things like something's coming to a close, right? The the cycle is becoming complete. So I like to kind of uh, just bring myself like basically like ground myself in that awareness, right? And uh, allow that to give me some comfort. So after the luteal phase, we move into the menstrual phase, which is going to be days one through five to seven, depending on how long your bleed tends to be. Mine tends to be exactly five days and this mirrors or is mirrored back to us in winter, right? So, uh, winter, the first day of winter is going to be on the winter solstice, right? Or Yule. So typically around December 21st ish. And, uh, you know, what, what do we do during the winter aside from obviously Christmas happens and then new year, which is all fucked up that's a different conversation for another day <laughs> uh it's the idea of starting quote-unquote the new year when we've just entered winter which is a barren season but our new year calls for us to, new year new me all of these resolutions and everyone's trying to start something new literally when we've just entered winter is so incredibly back words <laughs> Like the new year in my world is the vernal equinox, uh, which happens to be my, one of my daughter's birthdays, March 21st. So the spring equinox, the vernal equinox, uh, that's my new year. That's my new year, new me, although it's, it's new year, same on me, um, So if you've ever felt a little resistance around this concept of, you know, starting having new year's resolutions on January 1st, understand that's probably why, uh, there's something intuitively, you know, that this is not the time of the year when I'm, we're supposed to do this, right? Like winter is not when you start new things. Winter is when you rest. Winter is when you rejuvenate. Winter is when you get quiet and introspective and you turn your focus inward and you become reserved and you rest. Right, We rest during these seasons, but the world around us tells us the exact opposite, that January 1st is when we are supposed to go balls to the wall if we want to make the most out of the year ahead. I call bullshit because January 1st is only about a week, a week and a half into winter. Think about being on day one or two of your bleed, and you're going to try and go balls to the wall with you know all these new goals and all these new resolutions. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Like you would crash and burn because you literally, your body doesn't have the energy. And even if you were to push through, eventually you would crash and burn because your body doesn't have the energy. That's not what your body's supposed to be doing during that time. Your energy is supposed to be focused inward, not outward, right? Which I believe is one reason why so many new year's resolutions And also why winter is quote unquote, cold and flu season. It's not fucking cold and flu season. The only reason it is cold and flu season is because we're doing everything counterintuitively to what nature calls us to do, right? We're going and we're doing, and we're being bubbly and we're going to parties and we're starting new year's resolutions. And we're doing, we're doing all of this shit. All of our energy is pouring out of us. It is outward facing during a season when our energy should be completely inward. So we're in this constant state of depletion. So of course, we're more susceptible to colds and flus and any other kind of sickness. Our immune system is compromised because we are doing what is 100% counterintuitive to what our body is designed to do, right? So your menstrual season, again, is mirrored back to you in winter, right? When you're called to be quiet, introspective, inward-facing, reserved, resting. This window when we bleed is a feminine superpower because it opens us to intuitive wisdom that no man can access. And I would even argue that we can't access it when we're not bleeding. It softens us in remarkable ways, and it teaches us the sacred cycles of life, death, and rebirth. Not only that, but the two hemispheres of your brain actually communicate more clearly while you're bleeding than any other time of your cycle. So you literally are more open and receptive to intuitive downloads, psychic revelations, anything like that while you're bleeding. If you allow yourself the space to rest the, the way you need to, right? When we don't do that, we forfeit access to these highly intuitive times in our cycle. Right. If we choose to just push through and just show up and just keep going and just ignore, ignore, ignore and medicate, 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 take this pill so it all goes away, then we forfeit the superpower. Right. So this is not a time to simply push through. This is a time to rest in the knowing that you will be so much more powerful when you honor your body and attune to your inner knowing. Our seasons of rest, these barren seasons, have just as much value as the planting, growing, and harvesting seasons. What happens when a farmer does not allow his land to rest and he over uh, he overutilizes the land? What happens? Eventually, his soil becomes depleted, and what once yielded a healthy harvest now struggles to sustain itself, let alone crops. And the same is true for us women. Our barren seasons are a time to rest and replenish, receive and regenerate. And it's only then that we tap into our fullest capacity to create. So sister, my message for you today, wherever you are in your cycle, and if you're not, if you don't know where you are in your cycle, then that would be my first suggestion is to find out the way you find out is to go back to day one of your, of your most recent bleed and then count forward and whatever day you land on that will let you know, obviously what day you're on, but it'll also speak to what phase that you're in. So I've already shared your menstrual phase is roughly days one through five. Your follicular phase is roughly day six through 11. Um, your ovulatory phase is roughly days 12 through 16, and uh, your luteal phase is roughly days 17 through 28. Now, it'll be plus or minus a few, depending on how long your cycle is. A, a normal cycle is typically 28 to 31 days. Um, if you're having cycles that are shorter than that or longer than that, then it's going to be indicative of some of some kind of hormonal imbalance that we should look at. Uh, and I don't give a shit what anyone tells you. Having something that is significantly shorter or significantly longer is not normal. Do not allow yourself to be gaslit. Go and do some research and figure it out. Um, your body's trying to communicate something with you. And that's one of the only ways that it knows how to communicate. So uh, don't just try and medicate the issue or you know, make it go away with some kind of pill or anything like that. Really investigate, listen to what your body's trying to tell you. Um, and then honor it through appropriate actions. Um, but you know, wherever you are in your cycle right now, my uh, encouragement for you is to honor, honor it. You know, if you're in the fertile uh, seasons, then then be fertile. Go, <laughs> go and do and live your life. But if you're in one of these more barren seasons, understand that it does not make you inadequate. It does not make you weak. It does not make you less than. This is actually one of your greatest superpowers. And if you can rewire your brain and your body to trust that and to rest in that, you will create some truly magnificent things in your life. So for anyone else who is in a similar season to me, kind of this latter part of your luteal phase, uh entering into menstruation, or maybe you're in menstruation, I have a handful of ways that you can honor yourself in that particular season. Uh, one is to do very, very slow or no movement at all. Um, I, this is something that I struggle with, uh, with, you know, not feeling like I need to move my body. Uh, I used to have this story that if I didn't move my body, then I was fat, like I was getting fat. I, I was fat and I was getting fatter if I didn't move my body. So, um, that has required a lot of deprogramming to know that, uh, exercising, especially like hardcore exercising while you're on your period can actually be really, really counterproductive to any weight loss goals that you have. Um, So slowing down your movement practice or just halting it altogether for a couple of days. Um, One thing that I really like to do now is to replace uh, my movement practice in the first three days of my bleed with um, extra sleep or with extra meditation and journaling. So those are my next suggestions is to get extra sleep. Your body needs extra sleep um, during your menstrual phase. Uh, actually, about 20 minutes more extra sleep. Your body also needs more calories during your menstrual phase. Um, about two, I wanna, I I think it was 260 calories, roughly 260 extra calories per day because what's happening in your uterus is a controlled inflammatory response. So it's going to be taxing on your energy. So we need to replenish that energy with nutrient-dense foods and also with extra rest, right? So nourish yourself with extra sleep, with extra meditation, extra journaling. Um, clear your calendar if possible. I know this isn't realistic for those of us who you know have a full-time job or something like that. You can't just take a day off work every time you have your period. So my encouragement would be, not to schedule any meetings um, or presentations or, or anything like that where you really have to be uh, engaging with other people. Like isolate yourself as much as possible uh, during this part of your cycle uh, and plan those things maybe for your follicular phase or they're great to have in your ovulatory phase because you're primed for communication and collaboration during ovulation. Um, So clear your calendar as much as humanly possible. This also goes for your kids. Those mamas who are listening to me, uh, don't feel pressured and feel 100% free to tell your kids, no, to play dates, to outings, to, you know, going and doing and being really, really active and social while you're bleeding. Um, and if they're old enough to really understand and you feel comfortable sharing it with them, let them know why say, Hey, Uh, mom's on, you know, day two or three of her cycle. And, you know, I really don't want to go and be in front of people or be around people or anything. I'm kind of tired. So we're just going to have some downtime here at the house today. Right. So don't be afraid to clear your calendar. Uh, same thing with your spouse or your partner, anyone like clear your fucking calendar, (laughs) uh, stay in bed. If you can stay in bed. I know there are some women who do not leave bed at all, uh, while they're bleeding, uh, and they'll free bleed in bed, which I think is really cool. Um, if you have the ability to do that, then absolutely go for it. Um, blood paintings, uh, this is actually something new that I'm going to be engaging with during my next cycle. So this time next week, probably, um, where you collect your blood, I use a menstrual cup. So it's really easy for me to do this. If you don't use a menstrual cup, but instead use, you know, uh, like period panties, or you, it's kind of hard to do this if you use like pads or tampons or anything. Uh, but if you use a menstrual cup or period panties, then you can actually collect your blood and then use it to paint and, and make really beautiful, uh, paintings. So maybe you want to honor your blood in doing that and being creative and artistic, um, eat a few extra calories. Like I said, to support that controlled inflammatory response. Now, of course we want to make sure that those are nutrient dense calories, um, things that are really soothing to the system during menstruation are foods that are also really soothing to the system during winter. So for me, that's really hearty foods. So I love like stews, like meat and potatoes, (laughs) like meat and potatoes is my go-to while I'm bleeding. It just makes me feel so nourished and so held. Um, so, uh, consuming some extra calories during that part of your cycle and then just deep belly breaths and like placing a hand on your belly and like when I was first starting in this work is first, I started in entrepreneurship to heal my relationship with my body. And at first it was through fitness and nutrition. I was a beach body coach. Um, but you know, if you can listen to my whole story about that on another podcast, but essentially what happened is I, you know, went through all of the motions and I got the quote unquote dream body. And I was still absolutely disgusted with myself, miserable in my life. And so I went down this rabbit, this rabbit hole of self-love, like a true, like true self-love and figuring out what that meant. And one of the most healing things for me at the beginning of this journey, really, and truly healing my relationship with my body was placing my hands on my womb and sending her love. I had spent so much of my life resenting my womb, being embarrassed by my womb, feeling shameful and dirty because of my womb. So the most loving and radically transformational thing that I did to start was to just send her love, to give her energy and attention that wasn't negative and hatred and shame and embarrassment. And it was so incredibly freeing. Like I felt my entire body like sigh, like just this exhale of, ah, oh, we've been waiting for this we've been waiting for this. So uh deep belly breaths. one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly and just sending loving energy into your sacral space, into your womb space, and ultimately into yourself. So that is what I have for you today. I hope this episode has been nourishing. Thank you guys so much for joining me and I'll catch you next time.